Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, look, this is a humble little podcast, you guys. We are a shoestring little rinky-dink podcast devoted to reading Jude the Obscure to you. How do we do it? How do we afford to keep the lights on here at the Jill Schwartz Memorial Library? If you want to support our show, we need help. We need to get, uh, you know, some funding for our thing. We need to get some advertisers. How do we do that? This is how. We find out a little bit more about you, not in a creepy Cambridge analytical way, right? Like we're not, we're not going to bombard you with anything. We're not going to steal your, steal your info. We're not sending it to Brad Pascal in the Trump campaign. We're just trying to hustle and make a buck, right? We are our own stonemasons per Jude the Obscure. If you want to help us out, please go to podsurvey.com slash obscure and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little bit better. You don't got to give us your name. You don't got to give us your social security. You don't got to give us anything. Like just fill out the thing. That way we can show advertisers how great our listeners are. And then what happens is once you've completed the survey, right, you can enter to win a hundred bucks from Amazon. I mean, what would you do with that hundred bucks? Buy your own copy of Jude the Obscure? Maybe, you know, buy like one of them fancy limited edition Jude the Obscures. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Get some raisins. Amazon sells raisins. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash obscure. Podsurvey.com slash obscure. And thank you for your help. From the Jill Schwartz Memorial Library in the wilds of Connecticut, I'm Michael Ian Black, and this is Obscure, the podcast 
in which, now I'm not even going to, look, I know, I know, you're barely into this. You're barely hanging on by a thread because it sounds like a terrible idea. I will state the idea. It is the podcast in which I read Jude the Obscure out loud and comment on it as I go. And that is a tough sell. There's just no getting around it. That is a motherfucking tough sell. How many of us have read Jude the Obscure to begin with? I haven't. I had no desire to read Jude the Obscure. So why am I reading it? Honestly, because I'm unemployed and I had nothing else to do. And so I have this book laughing at me, like laughing at me from my bookshelf. Oh, smarty, smart boy, you can't read me. I'm from the 1800s and you're just a smart boy and you can't read me. Well, I can read you, Jude the Obscure, and I can comment on you as I go. And I know there must be probably literally tens of people who will go with me on this journey. Why would I believe that? There's no evidence to support that hypothesis. And in fact, in the first episode, you heard me basically get laughed at, laughed at by esteemed podcast producer, Mike August. Here, I'll, I'll, play a little, I'll play a little clip of him to refresh your memory. Yeah, entertaining, superlative content. You don't want any part of that. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? You're just got dedicated fans. You're out there performing. Pure Vulcan logic is overcoming your incredibly uncommercial taste. <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. I am interested in doing something just for the hell of it. And so, because I'm looking for advice here, I'm insecure about this whole thing. And so what I did is I asked my friend, the comedian David Cross, if he ever just threw crap against the wall like this. I don't think I've ever done anything that I thought would be a terrible idea. I, I, done things that I thought, well, maybe there'll be consequences to this, but... Um, I know there's not going to be consequences to this, other than I'd be wasting a lot of my time and other people's time. Well, you you might surprise yourself. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and you might reach an audience that uh, you didn't know was out there. The Thomas Hardy fan club. Yeah! <laughs> That's a big untapped market. Yeah. That's what I've been telling people. David Cross, ladies and gentlemen, and over the course of the podcast, I'm going to check in with some other folks to help me through this process, uh, folks like Krista Tibbet and Nell Scovel. But let's get back to Jude, shall we? Uh, so I read the first chapter in the last episode. So far, not much has happened. We meet the teacher. He's this guy. He's like, you know what? I'm getting the fuck out of this little town. And there's this little boy and he's standing there and he's like, but, 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 but teacher, what about me, teacher? And the teacher's like, dude, uh, he didn't say dude, he said Jude, because the, the kid's name is Jude. He's like, dude, Jude, I can't help you, my man. I got to go. And Jude is like, well, why? And he's like, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even get it, you stupid little boy. And Jude's like, try me. And he's like, I'm going to get educated." And Jude's like, well, all right. And he goes. And that's basically all that happened. And now we begin chapter two. Slender 
as was Jude Fowley's frame. He bore the two brimming house buckets of water to the cottage without resting. Oh, yeah, his his shitty uh, aunt that he lives with was like, get, get some water, you fuck. And he was like, oh, fine. Over the door was a little rectangular piece of blue board on which was painted in yellow letters, Drusilla Fowley Baker. Oh, 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 it's Drusilla Fowley, comma, Baker. So it's, uh, she's a baker. Within the little lead panes of the window, this being one of the few old houses left, were five bottles of sweets and three buns on a plate of the willow pattern. While emptying the buckets at the back of the house, he could hear an animated conversation in progress with indoors between his great aunt, the Drusilla of the signboard, and some other villagers. Having seen the schoolmaster depart, they were summing up particulars of the event and indulging in predictions of his future. And who's he? asked one, comparatively a stranger, when the boy entered. Well, you might ask it, Mrs. Williams. He's my great-nephew. Come since you was last this way. I'm, I'm making her a little bit Irish, I think. But I, I kind of like it. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, the old inhabitant who answered was a tall, gaunt woman who spoke tragically on the most trivial subject and gave a phrase of her conversation to each auditor in turn. He come from Melstock, down in South Wessex about a year ago. Uh, worse luck for in Belinda, turning to the right, I guess he's, uh, I guess Belinda's to the right, where his father was living and was took with a shakens for death and died in two days, as you know, Caroline, turning to the left. I'm, 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 I'm basically, I'm basically reading the ant, uh, uh, like the cop in Bugs Bunny, you know, uh, oh, don't look in there, rabbit. Oh, I think I'll look in there. But that's how it's spelled, too, in the book. It's spelled with a lot of apostrophes, and, you know, you can kind of hear it. Uh, it would have been a blessing if Godie Mighty had took thee, too, with thy mother and father, poor useless boy. So, <laughs> what she's saying is, uh, it would have been better if when the boy's father and mother died, if Jude had died along with them. And Jude is standing right there. Jude has walked in his, 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 his little arms, trembling with the weight of the water, and he walks into this bullshit, uh, his aunt telling these two ladies, ah, oh, would you look, there's uh, my great nephew, and it would have been better if he was dead. So, all right. I'm starting to like the book. But I've got him here to stay with me till I can see what's to be done with him, though I am obliged to let him earn any penny he can. Just now, he's a scaring of birds from Farmer Troutum. It keeps him out of mischief. Why do you turn away, Jude? She continued as the boy, feeling the impact of their glances like slaps upon his face, moved aside. Well, why do you think he turns away? God, I mean, what a bitch. The local washerwoman replied that it was perhaps a very good plan of Miss or Mrs. Fowley's, as they called her indifferently, to have him with her. To keep ye company in your loneliness, fetch water, shut the window shutters at night, and help in the bit of bacon. 
Miss Fowley doubted it. Why didn't she get the schoolmaster to take ye to Christminster within and make a scholar of ye? She continued in frowning, pleasant, frowning pleasantry. I'm sure he could a ha took a better one. The boy is crazy for books, that he is. It runs in our family, rather. His cousin Sue is just the same, so I've heard, but I have not seen the child for years, though she was born in this place, within these four walls, as it happened. My niece and her husband, after they were married, didn't get a house of their own for some year or more, and then they had only one till... Well, I won't go into that. Oh... Oh, a little a little family gossip. So her niece and her husband, after they were married, they didn't get a house of their own. Uh, for, and then they only had one, I guess, child till. Well, she's not going to go into that. We're starting to get uh, enshrouded in the world of the Fowleys. The Fowleys. Well, I won't go into that. Jude, my child, don't you ever marry. Tisn't for the Fowleys to take that step any more. She, their only one. "'was like a child in my own, Belinda, till the split come. "'Ah, that a little maid should know such changes.'" Oh, so we're hearing all kinds of uh, exciting things. So there was a, there was a niece and, she, and a husband, and then they broke up, I guess. That's the split, I guess. Uh, and she's saying, Jew, don't you ever marry. And I suspect we know that if she says don't marry, I suspect at some point Jude Fowley is going to find himself married. Uh, marriage is, in fact, terrible. Jude, finding the general attention again centering on himself, went out to the bakehouse where he ate the cake provided for his breakfast. The end of his spare time had now, had now arrived, and emerging from the garden by getting over the hedge at the back, he pursued a path northward till he came to a wide and lonely depression in the great level of the upland, which was sown as a cornfield. This vast concave was the scene of his labors for Mr. Troutham, the farmer, and he descended into the midst of it. So I guess he's going to work. The brown surface of the field went right up towards the sky all round, where it was lost by degrees in the mist that shut out the actual verge and accentuated the solitude. The only masks on the uniformity of the scene were a rick of last year's produce standing in the midst of the arable, the rooks that rose at his approach, and the path athwart the fallow by which he had come, trodden now by he hardly knew whom, though once by many of his own dead family. <laughs> God, it just is relentless. The, the, the niece and the father and the mother and his own dead family. And, uh, and then he says, how ugly it is here, he murmured. Yeah, it is ugly, Jude. Life is fucking ugly. I need a break. This is obscure. What are you doing here? You're listening to me read Jude the Obscure. And you're loving it. Okay? I'm going to tell you how you feel about it. You're loving it. Essentially, what I'm doing is a kind of audio book club, right? Like I'm out here reading this book and talking to you about it. Well, maybe you like listening to books. Maybe that's what you're learning. I also like listening to books. Audio books are great, you know, like if you're for, for summer, you know, if you're hiking, you know, if you're running, if you're road tripping, if you are outdoors, doing outdoorsy thing, whatever you're doing, 
Where do you get great audiobooks? You know this already. Audible.com. They've got the largest selection on the planet. They let you fill your summer with more stories, right? You know, not just Jude the Obscure. You, maybe you want your Jane Eyre. Maybe you want your, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Maybe you just want a spy thriller, which I love. Whatever you want. They got it. Maybe you're looking for a little bit more Britishy, heart-rending, heart-rending? Sure. Heart-rending stuff. Whatever you want. I'm telling you right now. Audible has it. They, they're the best at this. Here's how you can use Audible. All right. This is what I do. A lot of times my daughter, she misses the bus because she's 15 and it's impossible for her to get up at six o'clock in the morning. Well, when we have to drive to high school after she misses the bus, I live 12 minutes away from the high school, 12 minutes there, 12 minutes back. Right. So when I'm in the car and it's early in the morning and neither of us uh, can bear the news and neither of us can bear, you know, pop music or whatever at that time of day, what we can do is listen to an audiobook, And that way we don't have to talk to each other. And my favorite audiobook experience uh, to this point has been the first book of Game of Thrones. And that has taken us uh, a very long time to get through. And it's such a joy to listen to, even in the morning, even when you're first kind of shaking the cobwebs loose. It's a terrific way to be with your child without actually having to talk to them. As an Audible member, you'll get a credit every month good for any audiobook, regardless of price. And then if you don't use it, guess what? It rolls over to the next month. You can use it the next month. And if you didn't like your audiobook, you can exchange it. No questions asked. I mean, how great is that deal? You know, you're listening to that. You're listening to that book about the horse, you know, uh, on, uh, I don't know what it was called. It was about a horse. And you're like, nah, I don't care about the horse. You just say, nah, not for me. Plus, your books are yours to keep. You go back, you re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership because you've already bought them. They're yours. Better yet, you can switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. So if you're listening on your phone or through your car, you got a tablet, you're at home, you got an Amazon Echo, you just kind of swap, pop, pop, beep, pop, boop, pop, boop. That's what it sounds like. Beep, pop, boop, pop, boop, pop, boop. And you're listening to your new thing. Start a 30-day trial. Your first audiobook is free. Just go to Audible dot com slash obscure or text obscure to 500 dash 500 that's audible a u d i b l e dot com slash obscure o b s c u r e or text obscure to 500 500 you can do it with audiobooks Back to Obscure, we're in Chapter 2, we're picking up in a field where Thomas Hardy is talking about a lot of stuff that went down in this field, gaiety, horseplay, you know, that kind of stuff. The boy stood under the rick before mentioned and every few seconds used his clacker or rattle briskly. At each clack, the rooks left off pecking and rose and went away on their leisurely wings, burnished like tassets of mail, afterwards wheeling back and regarding him warily and descending to feed at a more respectful distance. 
he sounded the clacker till his arm ached, and at length his heart grew sympathetic with the bird's thwarted desires. They seemed, like himself, to be living in a world which did not want them. Why should he frighten them away? They took upon them more and more the aspect of gentle friends and pensioners, the only friends he could claim as being in the least degree interested in him, for his aunt had often told him that she was not. Yeah, we heard. We heard before, Jude. It'd be better if you were dead. And uh, just as just as your clacking dismisses these rooks, yes, just as uh, here in this horrible landscape where your dead family once trod and where lovers' promises were once broken, you are dismissing these birds who want nothing more than to be fed, just as you yourself, Jude, want to be fed. Fed in the heart. Heart-fed, as it were. God, I'm good. <clears throat> Poor little dears, said Jude aloud. You shall have some dinner. You shall. There is enough for all of us. Farmer Troutham can afford to let you have some. Eat then, my dear little birdies, and make a good meal. So he's basically saying, fuck it. You know what, birds? Fuck it. You eat, I eat, everybody eats today. From now on, this is the golden corral. Like, whatever you want. You want pancakes? We got pancakes. You want pudding? We got pudding. You want to put some pudding on your pancakes? Whatever. Everybody's upset, right? Uh, We're just going to try to fill this hole in our hearts with food. It's what I do every single night when I take Ambien and open a bag of Hint of Lime Tostitos. Just fill that hole. And incidentally, the Tostitos made with corn, just like the corn here. They stayed and ate. Inky spots on the nut-brown soil, and Jude enjoyed their appetite. A magic thread of fellow-feeling united his own life with theirs. Puny and sorry as those lives were, they much resembled his own. I know it, bro. I know it. His clacker he had by this time thrown away from him as being a mean and sordid instrument, offensive both to the birds and to himself as their friend. All at once, he became conscious of a smart blow upon his buttock, followed by a loud clack, which announced to his surprised senses that the clacker had been the instrument of offense used. The birds and Jude started up simultaneously, and the dazed eyes of the latter beheld the farmer in person, the great Troutum himself, his red face glaring down upon Jude's cowering frame, the clacker swinging in his hand. So it's eat, my dear birdies, is it, young man? Eat, dear birdies, indeed. I'll tickle your breeches and see if you say eat, dear birdies, again in a hurry. And you've been idling at the schoolmaster's, too, instead of coming here, haven't you? Hey, that's how you earn your sixpence a day for keeping the rooks off my card. So he's mad. He slapped him in the butt with a clacker. I mean, what what kind of farmer slaps you in the butt with a clacker? Ugh. All right. I you know what? I need I think we should take a break here. I think we should collect ourselves back in a moment on obscure. We got a great new podcast, guys. There's a great new podcast called Lost and Found. Uh it's hosted by the writer Matt McConkie who you, you probably know from the Earwolf podcast, Homophilia, which he co-hosts with Dave Holmes. 
And what is lost in what is lost and found? I will tell you. It is a series of intimate conversations with some of Matt's favorite writers, actors, and comedians, who also happen to be adopted, just like him. So you'll hear from guests like Lauren Weedman, Leslie Grossman, Kulap Vilesak, and Jimmy Fowley. There. This is a very interesting idea for a podcast and one that I've never heard before. The idea of uh, an experiences of being an adoptee and they will share stories about the moment they were told they were adopted or in some cases not told and the process of searching for birth parents or just searching for their, you know, identities. Uh, and Matt will also ask the burning question if adoptees have a lifelong fear of rejection. Why did so many of them pursue careers in entertainment, right? You understand the irony. Like adoptees, they feel like, oh my gosh, my my birth parents didn't love me. So what the hell am I doing pursuing a career in a field where nobody will love me? Matt will also sit down with some adoptive parents, including Jillian Michaels and Alec Mappa, to talk about their experiences finding, adopting, and raising their kids. Listen to Lost and Found out now on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash found and use promo code obscure for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Hey, it's Michael Ian Black. This is Obscure, the podcast in which I am reading Jude the Obscure with you. With you. And you may not even be reading, but in fact, if you are, good for you. And we're almost done here with chapter two. Jude just got whooped in the backside. Shall we continue? Let us continue. Whilst saluting Jude's ears with his impassioned rhetoric, Troutum had seized his left hand with his own left and swinging his slim frame round him at arm's length, again struck Jude on the hind parts with the flat side of Jude's own rattle till the field echoed with the blows which were delivered once or twice at each revolution so he's just slapping the shit out of his out of him i was gonna say slapping the shit out of his ass but that would have sounded wrong um it would have it would have uh well that's you know how it sounded because i just said it but he's just kicking he's just He's just kicking his ass because he let the birds eat some corn. Well, I understand. Look, that's his livelihood. But still, don't eat, sir. Please don't eat, cried the whirling child as helpless under the centrifugal tendency of his person as a hooked fish swinging to land and beholding the hill, the rick, the plantation, the path and the rooks going round and round him in in an amazing circular race. So it sounds like what's happening is he's literally... (laughs) swinging him around by the arm like he's like uh like i don't know if you ever saw saturday night fever but there's a scene in saturday night fever with john travolta the uh whatever his character's name is dancing with this girl and they're holding onto each other's hands and they're spinning around and around and the camera does a pov thing where the camera is kind of each dancer and so the the dancer is looking into the camera and you just see spinning and spinning and spinning well i think that's what happening happening with jude but instead of a disco dance he's just getting smacked on the butt every time he whirls around this is hardly a disco dance at all or if it is it's a terrible disco dance unless it's a very very specific kind of disco dance uh in which you pay for this service 
don't, sir. I, I, sir, only meant that there was a good crop in the ground. I saw him sow it, and the rooks could have had a little bit for dinner, and you wouldn't miss it, sir. And Mr. Phillotson said I was to be kind to him. Oh, oh, oh. This truthful explanation seemed to exasperate the farmer even more than if Jude had stoutly denied saying anything at all, and he still smacked the whirling urchin, the clacks of the instrument continuing to resound all across the field and as far as the ears of distant workers who gathered thereupon that Jude was pursuing his business of clacking with great assiduity and echoing from the brand new church church tower just behind the midst, towards the building of which structure the farmer had largely subscribed to testify his love for God and man. So the, the farmer basically built this church and he had paid for it, this new church, which we heard about before, which replaced the old one. So the church itself can hear him uh, abusing this child. And so we get the irony, Thomas Hardy, we get it and we love it. And I'll end there with Jude getting his ass kicked by a guy testifying for his love for God and man uh, from that selfsame church that we remember being described as being new and uh, unfamiliar in the town. They had torn down the old church and, and replaced it with this one, this cheapy church. And so I close my copy of Thomas Hardy's Jude the Obscure for another week, friends. Obscure is brought to you by Earwolf. For more information on Obscure, visit our show page at Earwolf.com and be sure to subscribe to Obscure in your favorite podcast app like Stitcher or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you've heard, please write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't, why did you make it all the way to the credits? Obscure is produced by Jennifer Brennan, Mary Shimkin, and Robin Lynn, who also mixed and edited today's show with music composed by Craig Wedgren. Special thanks to everyone at Earwolf, especially Chris Bannon, Colin Anderson, and the Earwolf engineer team of Brett Morris, Sam Kiefer, and Ryan Connor. If you would like information about sponsoring our show, email hello at midroll.com from the wilds of Connecticut. I'm Michael Ian Black. I hope you'll join me next time as we delve even further into the journey of Jude the Obscure. And now, several seconds of heavy breathing as we play the theme song and say Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dale, y'all! This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents! We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que no está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aquí Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Hola, Nesea. Spanish Aquí Presents. <laughs> 